Welcome to Salisbury Christian Church's Sermon Podcast. The sermon you are about to listen to was delivered on June 17, 2012. This week, we take a look at Genesis 27 and the blessing that Isaac bestows on his son Jacob. Be sure to check out our website at salisburychristianchurch.org for the latest news and events at Salisbury Christian Church. I want to begin this morning by reading a poem. I don't know who it's by. It's just in one of those sermon illustration books. And it really says a lot about fatherhood. The poem goes like this. To get his goodnight kiss from me, he stood beside my chair and raised an eager face, a face of love and care. I gathered up into my arms the son God gave to me. I thanked the lad for being good and hoped he'd always be. His little arms crept round my neck and then I heard him say, six simple words I shan't forget, six words that made me pray. They turned a mirror on my soul on secrets no one knew. They startled me, I hear them yet. He said, I want to be like you. Being a father may sometimes feel a bit overwhelming. I have no experience in making this statement, (laughs) but I can see how sometimes it can be overwhelming to be a father, to be a parent. But when uh, children say things like uh, what we just read, I want to be like you. I can imagine it makes it all worth the trouble. Unfortunately, in our uh, current day, fatherhood is under assault. What was once seen as uh, good parenting is now seen as overbearing or old-fashioned. Fatherhood in our culture may have changed. But God's expectations of what a good father is has not changed. It hasn't changed since he first made Adam to be a father to his children. It hasn't changed since. The text we're going to be looking at today may not illustrate or may not show us what a good family looks like, but it sure shows what a good father is. We're going to be taking a look at Genesis 27 where Isaac blesses his son Jacob. Genesis 27, we know uh, that Isaac and Rebekah had two sons, twin sons, Esau and Jacob. Now these two boys were nothing alike. And uh, it's really kind of scary how it parallels with me and Nick, to be honest with you. Uh, Esau, the firstborn, the first out of the womb, Nick, was an outdoorsman. I don't know if this fits him. He was hairy. <laughs> but uh, Esau was hairy. He, had, uh, he loved to hunt and to fish and to be outside. He loved to be with his father, Jacob, or his father, Isaac. Jacob was more of a homebody. 
he spent uh, a lot of time with his mom. He was a mama's boy. So you can see that uh, Jacob and Esau were quite different. They uh, liked different things. They spent the majority of the time with uh, different parents. But it happened one time that Jacob was in the kitchen of the house. As usual, he was at home. And uh, Esau had come in from the field and was hungry. And uh, he asks Jacob for some of the stew that he was making. Uh, Jacob knew how hungry Esau was. And Jacob says, only if you sell me your birthright. Well, a birthright is uh, basically an inheritance. It was everything that was supposed to go to the next in line. All, everything that the family had, that was whoever had the birthright, birthright, those things went to that son. And Esau was so hungry, he was supposed to have uh, the birthright, but Esau was so hungry that he sold his birthright to Jacob for, for a bowl of stew. By the time we get to the 27th chapter, Isaac, the twin's father, was getting old. He is old. He's blind and is nearing death. So he calls for Esau to give the final blessing before he goes to be with the Lord. So he calls Esau into his presence and he tells him that it's time to pass on the blessing. So he tells Esau, before I do this, I want you to go out and get some game. I want you to prepare my favorite meal. It's uh, evident that Isaac liked tasty meals. And so he decides to have Esau go out. He was going to go get some food, and they would celebrate this time of blessing. So Esau does as his father has asked. And it ends up, ends up happening that Rebekah, their mother, hears about this, and she favors Jacob. So Rebekah says to Jacob, Hey, I heard, that, uh, I heard that your dad has sent Esau out. He's going to give him the blessing. It's your time to take the blessing. So in a um, moment of deceit, in a moment of uh, trickery, Rebekah prepares some food gives it to Jacob, puts some goat skin on his neck and on his arms because uh, Jacob is not hairy and Esau is hairy. So uh, Isaac is waiting for this hairy man to come in to the room to give his blessing. So Jacob, Jacob posing as Esau with the food, goes in to the room with Isaac. Isaac hears Jacob's voice and wonders, oh, that doesn't sound like Esau. Come here, come close, come close. So it ends up that uh, Isaac feels the goat fur that is on Jacob's arm and says, oh, you are Harry, you, are, you must be Esau. Isaac goes ahead and gives the blessing to Jacob, thinking that he's giving it to Esau. This morning, what I want us to do is to take a look at the blessing as if Isaac is giving the blessing to Esau. Isaac thinks he's giving it to Esau, and these are words that are supposed to be spoken to Esau. Take a look at the blessing. It starts in Genesis 27, verse 27. 
Well, we can go back to verse, uh, verse 25. It says, Then he said, My son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him, and he ate. And he brought some wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of heaven's dew and of earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. Now, if Isaac were giving this blessing, blessing to Esau, it would have made a lot of sense. The sweet words of a father to his son. We can see that even though there were some uh, real dysfunctions in this family, Isaac still loved his children, even if he thought he was talking to the other one. The blessing that he gave, and any blessing really in Hebrew culture that is bestowed upon the oldest child is a legally binding matter. Whenever uh, a father would bless his son, it would end up that uh, this would be the blessing to whomever he spoke it to. It doesn't matter if he thought he was speaking it to Esau and really spoke it to Jacob. Whoever he spoke to would get the blessing. So Jacob got the blessing instead of Esau. In bestowing the blessing, Isaac shows us just a few things that can help us to be great dads. But not just great dads, great moms, great grandparents, great aunts, great uncles, to those precious children that we have in our lives. Now, the headings in this part of the blessing is not of my own doing. Uh, there was a book written by Gary Smalley called The Blessing. And I uh, have taken his headings here just to kind of show you exactly what a great father is, what a great father looks like, what a great father does. First of all, a father is not afraid to show and express a meaningful touch. In verse uh, 22, it says, Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, that is our touch. The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Verse 26. It says, then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him. There is a sign of closeness between these two. Whether it's Jacob or whether it's Esau, Isaac was close to his children and he wasn't afraid to show his love in a comforting touch. The kiss or the touch on the arm is in most familial blessings in scripture. 
This touch or this kiss shows that the father has accepted the son, that he loves the son. Now we have to remember here, uh, Jacob, who he thought was Esau, is not just some little boy. He's a 40-year-old man at the time he is given the blessing. Isaac is an old man, yet he's still not afraid to show his adult son the love through a kiss on the cheek and a touch on the hand. No matter what age we are, I think as fathers or as parents or as relatives or as Christians, Christian brothers and sisters, it is important to communicate love and acceptance and affection in some meaning, physical way. Think about it. When you come in the doors uh, during the morning, do you just say, hi, how are you? What do you usually do? The first thing that happens, or at least I do, you touch or you hug. There's something in a touch that we as parents and uncles and aunts and grandparents can do for our children that shows them that we accept them and we love them. Second of all, from this blessing that Isaac bestows, we can see that we need to give our children messages of affection and love using words. Look at verse 27. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. Now, fathers, if you were to tell your sons today, Hmm, you smell like a cornfield. That probably wouldn't uh, go as far as what this would have done. Isaac is, uh, first of all, we have to remember that Jacob is wearing Esau's clothes. So it smells like Esau. Isaac would have smelled that smell from his clothes, from his being outdoors. And it would have brought back these memories of being out in the field and fishing and hunting and working together. It would have brought back memories that only Isaac and Esau would have had. He expressed his love through words. How are you, fathers, expressing your love through words? One of the things that I learned in this last class uh, with Town and Country Ministry is that we shouldn't expect the men of the community to really express their feelings. We are taught, uh, maybe it's just a uh, rural thing, maybe it's just an Illinois thing or a, an American thing, that men are not necessarily supposed to express their feelings. Whether it's through crying or laughing or whether it's through saying I love you, sometimes that just doesn't come up with the men in our culture. But it's clear in the scriptures, not just in this section of scripture, but throughout all scripture that fathers and all of us are to express our love through words. I want you to think about the past two or three conversations that you've had with your children. Maybe the past two or three conversations that you have had with your spouse, with your brother, with your mom, with your dad, with anybody. Think about the past two or three conversations. Have those conversations, at least at the end, expressed your love? Or would the person you spoke to be leaving with a sense that you have belittled them or with a sense that they don't love me or with a sense that 
they really do hate me or they don't want uh, to be a part of my life. What have your conversations said? Another thing that comes out of Isaac's blessing is that he has attributed high value to his children. Look in verse 28. It says, May God give you of heaven's dew and of earth's richness an abundance of grain and new wine. Here Isaac is saying to Esau, to Jacob, that you are special, so much so that God will give you the best he has to give. Isaac is saying, I value you. You're a high priority to me. You are priceless. We can tell our children with words that they are a high priority. But remember the old adage, actions speak louder than words. We can say to our children, we can say to our spouses, we can say to our Christian brothers and sisters, we can say to the church, we can even say to Jesus, you are a high priority. You're worth a lot to me. I value you. But what do your actions really say? This past week, uh, my professor told us a story about his dad, who was a preacher. He was so wrapped up in his ministry that when he came home at night, he would sit in his chair, turn on the TV, and not speak a word. What did his actions say? He may have said in his words, I love you. I adore you. But at night when it came home, his actions says, I just want to get away from you. I want to watch TV. Don't talk. <laughs> Do your actions speak the same message as your words say to your children? Also, lastly, in uh, Isaac's blessing, he pictures a glorious future for his child. Look at verse 29. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. Isaac was taking into mind the promise that had been given to Abraham to make of him mighty nations. So Isaac was thinking along the lines, Abraham blessed Isaac, Isaac was to bless Esau, but really Jacob, and give him the glorious promise that God had given so many years before. I imagine as Isaac said these words, he was picturing all of these nations bowing down to his people, to God's people. He was picturing in his mind a glorious future for his children. But what we must understand that it's not just picturing a glorious future, is making that future possible for our children. Not making our children become what we want them to be, but to become what God intends them to be. We think about... Um, I remember when I was a student teaching down in Edwardsville, there was one kid in particular who um, 
was, he was an outstanding, outstanding football player. And every day he came into the class, especially during the fall, he looked absolutely exhausted. And I'd always ask him, you know, what, what's wrong? What's wrong? He didn't say, oh, I, I was playing football. He said, my dad made me go to football practice. My dad made me join this traveling team. This kid was a fifth grader. <laughs> a fifth grader. And this kid was absolutely exhausted. And I just pictured in my mind that this dad was trying to make his son what the dad couldn't be in his lifetime. God intends all of our children to honor him. Whatever we do, we are to tell, whatever our children do, we are to tell them that they are to honor God in everything that they do, even if it's something that we don't necessarily want them to do. You know, I, I don't have the experience and I don't know if this is true or not, but I think that all parents have this vision of what their children are to become. Uh, I hear often a lot when I'm teaching uh, from parents that I want my child to be a doctor, I want my child to be a lawyer. Really what they're saying is I want my child to make a lot of money. But what if God doesn't want them in that position? Are you going to drive them to be something they're not? Are you going to drive them to be something that God doesn't intend for them? Being a good father being a good parent, showing them their future means being a part of their growing up. It means knowing their talents, developing their gifts, and encouraging them to be followers of Christ. Nick read a uh, passage this morning, train a child in the way he should go and he shall not turn from it in old age. Are you training them to be followers of God? Are you training them to be followers of self? That's a question we must ask ourselves. Fatherhood and parenting in general can be overwhelming. And we may not be perfect <laughs> in fulfilling all of these tasks, but thankfully, we have one greater who is the perfect father. Our perfect father shows us his love by the touch and comfort of his spirit. He has given us a word of affection and love. He has shown us that we are worth so much that he gave himself for our sake. And he has promised us a glorious future with him. Remember the poem we read at the beginning? What did the little boy say? I want to be like you. When our children say those words, they don't know how true those words really are. Parents, your children will be like you, whether you like it or not. 
The key is being the kind of father or mother that you want your children to be.